Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I mean, having one say six, six straight, seven, seven straight, like, it, like that's that's hard to do in the NFL. Speaks to the the team. How we gonna fight um, with each other every week, every opportunity we get, we just gonna try to go out there and just compete. I'm I'm not a genie, so I, I you know I'm not gonna say that I, I did foresee that uh, in in Jalen's future, but you know I knew I knew that he had a lot of potential. Of course, I think I think the games you know this week, you know, we'll enjoy tonight, but the game ahead is is you know, going to be as tough as any game we've, we've, we're going to play. I'm trying to figure out how genies know the future. I didn't think that was within the genie power option. You're right. That's a new one. You're right. That might, that's kind of like a Simsism there. Like it's like, doesn't really fit, but it kind of fits. Cause I don't know. It might be a special genie that does know the future. You don't know that, Mike. I guess you would have to have, you know, a considerable amount of abilities and skills to conjure wishes out of nothing. Maybe the ability to foresee the future is something that hasn't really been developed in the story arc of the genie experience. There could be a whole stream of Marvel movies that could could flow from Tua's idea that he's inadvertently thrown out there for the creative space. Regardless, last night, Jalen Waddle is who he was referring to because Jalen Waddle has been awesome as a rookie. Slow start, but really has gotten going. Kind of like the Dolphins. One and seven with a seven-game losing streak. Now a seven-game winning streak. First team in the history of the entire National Football League, Chris, to have both a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. It's incredible what the Dolphins have done. But the planets have aligned for them nicely. Look, after they beat the Ravens, I could see them getting to 7-7 seven and seven when you looked at their schedule. They still had to go win the games, and they did. But they had not a difficult path to get to 7-7. Seven and seven. I thought it would end last night. I didn't know last night that more than 20 Saints would not be available due to the COVID reserve list. And no excuses in today's NFL. But that was a huge factor. We both came back, peeled back the curtain. 
The PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Joint Picks podcast was done. It was in the can. It was over. It was taped. We saw that Taysom Hill had been put on the COVID reserve list. We came back up and retaped that game, and we flipped our picks to the Dolphins. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it became obvious at that point the Dolphins were going to win that game, and they suffocated them. And you had the under as one of your best bets of the week. There was 23 total points scored in the game, and the over-under was like 37 as of Thursday. So, you know, we, we saw where this was going yeah, that's right. once the Saints ended up in their COVID hole. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You're right. I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough sledding for some of these teams out there right now. Yeah, there's not depth. There's quality players missing on the football field. I mean, you're playing a quarterback in Ian Book who, you know, clearly was not ready. And, and, and again, to defend him, nor should he be re- ready to, to a certain degree. I mean, he certainly wasn't expecting to be starting a game this late in the year, you know, for the, for the better the part of the year being the third and fourth string type of quarterback. So it was tough sledded. But, like, regardless what you said to start, you know, it's still amazing. Yeah, the schedule hasn't been tough, but – Holy crap, seven in a row. Uh, I mean, it's been impressive. Defense is special. You know, got studs all over the place. So I know the quality of the opponent's not good, you know, for, for, for most part. But the quality of play has still been pretty damn good like we saw last night. And we saw a defense that has special players throughout and an offense that knows what works for them. And I think that's what, like, Miami's scary here these last two weeks of the year when they got to play the Titans and the Patriots. That won't be easy. We know that. But the Dolphins, I think the thing you take away from watching the game last night more than anything is they know who they are. They know they they play a certain way. They're comfortable with that. We're going to play defense. We're going to cause turnovers. We're going to create chaos for your, your quarterback. And on our side of the ball, yeah, we're going to be conservative. And, you know, find a million ways to give the ball to Waddle and run the ball. And it's Gasecki and Waddle and Gasecki and Waddle. And Tua makes a handful of plays here and there. And they don't turn it over or, you know, limited turnovers. And they're going to be tough to beat because of how dangerous their defense is right now. And that's what's kind of fun to watch. I'm looking at their seven-game losing streak. A few of those games were oh, close. I know. They were close, yes. right? Uh, and then they beat the Texans 17-9 in Week 9, and that was the turnaround. The Thursday night game in Baltimore was when we first became convinced that – I know it's when I became convinced they could make their path to 500 when you looked at their schedule. And, and their defense is really good. Their offense is doing just enough. Hey, Tua had a great throw down the sideline last night to Mac Collins. He dropped it right in. Yes, he had an interception where he badly overthrew a guy, but you're going to have some good and you're going to have some bad. When the rest of the team is as good as the Dolphins are, you can have some good and some bad, and you can overcome a periodic mistake. But Tua's looked good. Jalen Waddle's been phenomenal. There's your schedule right there. Here's, here's, the, here's the throw to Mac Collins. I mean, it, it is a little underthrown. He had to adjust to the ball a little bit, but the, it's not like the defender adjusted to the ball and no. knocked it away. You know, the, when you're beaten as badly as that guy was, it's kind of hard to recover, even though the ball was just a hair underthrown. But uh, they, they got it done. Eight sacks of Ian Book, and he was swallowed up so quickly. You know, there was some reporting done on Friday, Jeff Duncan of the New Orleans Times, Picayune, who's been covering that team for years, said that they put up the bat signal for Drew Brees and that Drew considered it. And I, I think Drew would have gotten the ball out faster than Ian Book. Sure. But in some of those plays, Ian Book was devoured before he could even get the ball situated in his hands. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, this is not, not an easy game. Like, 
for anybody. I don't care if you're Ian Book or even Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees would tell you, like, well, coming back to play the Dolphins, well, I don't know if that's the game I would have picked to come back and play. Uh, and then one, look at the scheme here. I mean, you don't know who the hell's blitzing, who's dropping. I mean, that's a great play right there. There was eight guys at the line of scrimmage, four blitz, four drop. You don't know. You know, then on top of it, Mike, you know, you talk about, like, guys that can swallow the quarterback up. They got studs everywhere on their defense. I mean, corners, safeties, they got freaks of nature at defensive end and defensive tackle. You know, Miami, they're impressive. That's why they got to continue to stay the course right now with, with Chris Greer and Brian Flores. Yeah, the quarterback situation wasn't perfect. They missed on tackle position, the offensive tackle position. Other than that, damn, the team is good and got a lot of like stud players, especially on the defensive side of the ball like you're talking about. I mean, you know, two big people in the middle and Raquan Davis and Christian Wilkins and these great corners out there. And you're right, Mike. I mean, with the Saints and some of the issues they have, and they weren't a great offense to begin with, they, they, they had moments of the game where Ian Book was, yes, I think – totally overwhelmed by the scheme, the play, the players on the field, and and the Dolphins' defense, I think, kind of dominated the, the Saints for the most part of the night. And I think we know they did. I have a feeling they will be sticking with Brian Flores they as better. the coach and Chris Greer as the GM in Miami. Although with Stephen Ross, the owner of the team, you never quite know. And frankly, I think that his infatuation with Deshaun Watson that lingered up until the trade deadline yeah. is one of the reasons why they struggled. Sure. The moment that that conversation ended is the moment that the Dolphins started winning game after game after game after game after game. And I don't think it's a coincidence because you and I both know we've heard similar things. Yeah. It was not an ideal situation in that building with the constant chatter of Deshaun Watson, the never-ending possibility that Deshaun Watson was going to show up any given day and supplant Tua Tonga-Vailoa in only his second season after he was the fifth overall pick in the draft. It was a distraction. It was a problem. And once it ended, that's when Tua did what I had hoped he would have done back in late August when it really became a brush fire and it looked like it was potentially going to happen before Labor Day weekend, internalize it all and go out and prove to them that they don't need to be thinking about Deshaun Watson after the trade deadline came and went. That's when he became that guy, and now they really do have something to ponder. Yeah. Do they yeah. continue this obsession with upgrading at quarterback? And when I say they, I mean Stephen Ross. Or do they ride with what they have and let Tua continue to develop and let the team continue to grow and just see what you have there instead of having this ongoing quest, this ongoing fever dream to land a franchise quarterback? That's what's motivated Stephen Ross so much over the past 10 years, and and it hasn't gotten them that quarterback that he covets. Maybe they should just try to develop the one they have. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like a, a bad alternative. You know, again, maybe if Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers fall in your lap, you do it. But I, I don't think it's, you know, again, you better have it like ready or know that somebody's coming to town. I mean, you know, as we've, we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm looked at as to a hater of the world, which I'm not. But, uh, you know, again, you can win with Tua. We're seeing that. I mean, I think your point's real. You're dealing with like 
uh, all that chatter about Deshaun Watson, I mean, that, that, probably a big part in why, yeah, they didn't come together and, and beat Jacksonville and London and were, you know, kind of underwhelming in that game. And, you know, lost some games there where they probably shouldn't have, where their team was more talented. But, yeah, they get Tua. They finally go, okay, the trade's not going to happen. You know, it forces the team, the coaching staff, everybody to go all in on Tua. And now you see even with the offense, you know, they've grown that around him a little bit. Yeah, he's not a world beater. He's not. He's not a superstar. He's not going to be Justin Herbert. You know, again, we've gotten to the point where Tua, when he throws like a 15-yard... Oh, 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 yeah, whoa, yeah. Go ahead. After seeing Justin Herbert against the Texans on Sunday, I may want to revisit that comparison. Oh, Mike, stop I'm it. Not, I, 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 uh, it, it's not like it's not like these books are completed on these guys. They're either going to develop or they're not. They're going to improve or they're not. And and Herbert had some. Herbert had a pick six on. I mean, look, I know it happens to the best of them, but let, let's not put Herbert in the Hall of Fame just yet. Just like we're not putting Joe Burrow in the Hall of Fame. Just no, yet. why not? But Herbert Herbert had a phenomenal year. I'm not going to let one one game against the Texans go. He was the he's the starter in the Pro Bowl for a reason. He's he's like he's like one of the best quarterbacks in football. Tua, we've gotten to the point where he throws one go route. And we go, look, look, he he can throw that route. Look, look, he threw a 10-yard out route. Look, he is good, right? That's where, I mean, that's that's the reality we're in. That's is, I don't know any other way to say it. He's still good, though. You can win the football game. And to your point, when they finally realized he was the guy and they went all in on that, they made an offense that fits him with the RPOs and the bootlegs and, hey, here's a reverse Jalen Otto and here's a speed sweep and fake that and throw the ball four yards over here on an out route, and that's the way they play. They kind of like have that old school, it's a little bit of a Jared Goff Rams formula, like spread you out horizontally, constantly, constantly, and then they, bam, hit you in the middle once they've spread you out with Waddle and Gusecki. That's how they do it. And, you know, I do think a lot of that is framed about like what you said, that they finally came to the realization, like, this is our guy. We got to figure out how to play around him. Yes, he doesn't have a rocket of an arm, but he's real, you know, he's good and he knows how to play the game and has charisma. And, you know, I think what you said is real. It, It helped the football team It helped them come together and realize what they are and gave them kind of a main focus on the offensive side of the ball. That's helped Tua and and helped out the Dolphins altogether. Jalen Waddle, the receiver they took with the sixth overall pick in the draft after they bounced around a bit through some trades. One with yeah. the 49ers to go down Stud. to 12. One with the Eagles to go back to six. 12 targets, 10 catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Now, the touchdown, it was one of those. He had a, a couple of those, and that's fine. It's, that's it's basically do. a jet sweep. Yeah. But, you know, you, right. it's, a little, it's a little touch pass to a guy who's coming by in motion, but it still counts as a reception. So he's got 96 on the year, five short of Anquan Bolden's all-time single-season rookie record of 101 in 2003 it's it's odd that that number isn't higher when you consider that the single season record is currently 149 and the cooper cup has a chance to break it but it looks like it's going to be higher than 101 by the time this season's over but chris you mentioned the next two games at the titans and then the patriots at home to end the season a couple of playoff teams a couple of teams that barring some sort of a COVID outbreak should be ready to go right these are going to be the tests for the Dolphins. They're going to earn their playoff spot because they're basically going to win one or two playoff-style games, playoff-intensity matchups, before they punch their ticket. They, they, they lose the next two, and, and again, who knows how the hell it all plays out. I mean, there's that huge cluster of teams trying to get the seven seed. 
I would assume if they lose their next two, they're going to have a hard time getting one of the seven seats. But uh, the, these are games that that will test them yeah. and force them to prove themselves and force them to earn their spot. And that that's all we want. I don't care which teams get in per se. I want good playoff games. I don't want a team to slip through the cracks. It has no business being yeah, there. I'm with you. The Dolphins have shown, and let's say this loudly so Tuanon hears it way in the back, the Dolphins have shown that they belong in one of those seven spots. Now the question is, can they get one? Right. No, I, I agreed. I, I think they have shown, and I wouldn't be mad if the Dolphins got in. I mean, if you may, made me sit here today and go, hey, I, I like the way it's set up right now. Well, yeah, this is. I'm fine with the way it's set up right now. I forgot that once they won, they got that tiebreaker against Baltimore, and Baltimore's out of it right now. But if, this would be good. Uh, again, with that defense, as many stars as they have, you see Waddle. Gasecki is one of the better pass-catching tight ends in all of football. I mean, he's a stud. Yes, they'll be dangerous if they get in the playoffs. You know, again, you brought it up. We saw what they did to the Ravens. You know, they're, 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 their opponents the next two weeks are very similar to them. Not an easy task. Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots. It's the New England trifecta here, basically, with Vrabel, Flores, and Belichick. But I think they're they're going to be at least in style as a game that I think fit them, which is going to be you know situational, play through the defense, Neither one of the Titans or the Patriots offenses are great to where, you know, they're going to have to worry about, oh, wait, Tua's got to do something outside the box and, and be amazing this week for us to win the game. No, they're going to continue to be able to play the way they want to play. It's going to be a, it's going to be two opponents that are about, you know, physicality and mucking it up a little bit. I said muck there, M-U-C-K. I know. Okay. I know. I know. All right. And we, yeah, we got you. you know, they're, yes. they're not worried about playing 20 to 17, 19 to 16 type football games. And that's a good thing for the Miami Dolphins. That, that kind of game fits them. Now, can they pull it out? We'll see. But they're certainly not like overmatched or have to play a style of football game that you go, ooh, I don't know if they can I don't know if they can do this or keep up with them. I don't look at it that way. So they got they certainly got a fighting chance here. That playoff graphic for the AFC is stunning. Right? There are gonna be some right? good teams. I some forgot teams they that got we thought to make some noise this year that yeah. are gonna get kicked out when it's all said and done. We'll be having those conversations in just thirteen days that Monday after the season ends. We'll know who's in for sure. But look at that. Ravens, Steelers, Browns, playoff teams from last year on the outside looking in. The Chargers, who we believed in and thought were going to make a run, they, you know, they, they, hey, you disqualify yourself when you lose to the Texans. I'm sorry. I don't care what the excuse is. You, 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 you lose that game. You don't belong in the play. I don't want to. I, I, I didn't feel- think they just belonged anyways. I, I, I've been saying it. I didn't, I never saw it. So I'm going to pat myself on the back on that one. But your point's right, Mike. I mean, yeah, you lose that game. Well, but Chris, what's yeah. the problem? What's yeah. the problem then if they've got this great quarterback? Who's the Pro Bowl starter and deserves it, as you say? You know, is it possible that all the that Brandon Staley uses the going for it on fourth down stuff as a distraction from the fact that there's some deeper flaws in whatever systems he's putting in place? Because there's got to be a reason why they've lost all these games when you consider how good their quarterback is. Well, Where's yeah, the flaw you, in, yeah. in the Chargers? Well, I, I you know, it, it's more than that. Has he been perfect? No. You know, but you know, you look at some of the games they've lost. Like first off, the other day, I mean. The Chargers' run defense is the worst in football, or it's what, top two or top three, bottom two or bottom three, I should say. I mean, the Houston Texans ran the ball up and down the football field. You know, the week before that, Justin Herbert was phenomenal, 
but Brandon Staley had to go for it on fourth down every time. So they lost the game. It wasn't Justin Herbert's fault. It wasn't. I mean, they moved the ball up and down the field on Kansas City. They decided that they thought they knew the future and were going to take that into their own hands. You know, you look at the Broncos' loss. Yeah, he threw a tough interception. He made some unbelievable plays. Broncos ran the ball all over them. So they got flaws that way, nor can they run the ball all that successful. It's on them to a degree to make it, or, or him, I should say, Herbert, to kind of make it happen all the time. And, yeah, he's young, and they, they went through some stretches of not maybe being their best on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, again, I think that's, that's what I look at. Mike, we talk about this all the time, playoff teams. You know, you can't stop the run, and you can't run the football. You know, they're, they're, it's few and far between where you find football teams like that that get in the playoffs and can make a run that way. And I think that's their biggest issue more than anything. For the Dolphins, the task is clear. Win the next two, and they are in. It gets murkier if they lose one of the next two, and it hinges on what happens with the other teams. That defensive style that they've developed, you were mentioning it earlier, yeah. having so many guys at the line of scrimmage. It, it reminds me of the old Steelers zone blitz scheme where yeah. you would have some guys go, some guys drop into coverage, but at least then it's a conventional formation. You've got linebackers lined up like linebackers off the ball, and – Sometimes that guy shoots the gap and the guy drops back. But, you know, when you see it work well, like the Dolphins are doing with seven or eight guys just lined up in a row at the line of scrimmage, I, I look at it and I say, why doesn't everybody do this? Yeah, you know, because it does create chaos. No doubt. Because you don't know who's going and you don't know who's dropping into coverage. Now, you got to have some big guys who are capable of dropping into coverage, and maybe that's one of the reasons why more teams don't do it. But, but when you see something like this work this well, it, it really is stunning that it isn't a more common approach for NFL defenses. Well, th this is their thing, and this is they're one of the teams that I think has started this trend a little bit in the NFL this year where we're seeing teams dabble in this more and more in passing situations because the Dolphins, they made their run last year because of this defense. You know, remember that last year where the Rams and McVay and Goff and we saw teams going to Miami we're like, what the hell is going on? These, these quarterbacks and offensive coordinators are totally, like, flummoxed by this attack, a little bit like we saw again with Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. You know, first off, Mike, you know, I mean, you're right. It, that, that's the thing to talk about. And they got studs, I think, in some certain positions. It's a really well-built well, well -built defense. They got two shutdown island corners, so that allows them to, if they do blitz, go, hey, you guys got it, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, we trust you against anybody. You know, they got two really good safeties in Holland and Rowe. Rowe used to be a corner. Holland's a star already as a rookie. And then, Mike, you know, you talk about, you know, they got, they got versatility like a New England on the inside with a lot of different linebackers. You could play D-end or linebacker. You got two big, you know, big tush hogs in the middle and Raekwon Davis and, and Christian Wilkins where they can take up four gaps even though they're only two people because they'll two gap and be big and now you add a Jalen Phillips who's looking like he's going to be a superstar pass rusher so they have the talent Mike is what I'm going to say and then the other thing off of that Mike which makes it hard and why everybody doesn't do it is with all that creativity 
And this is where Flores and, and defensive coordinator Josh Boyer are special and making their money is they can do it and also be sound within doing it, right? You know, there's no there's no glaring gap to go, oh, wait, this was some crazy blitz, but, oh, gosh, if they run the ball over here, we're going to be totally ruined. They can do all this crazy stuff and still go, oh, no, no, if they run the ball over there, it might not be the best, but we got we got guys in the right spots that, that were still sound as a defense, and that's where they're special on that side of the ball, Mike. That's where Flores is earning his money as, you know, a defensive head coach and his experience with Belichick and all of that talk as long as you want you're not going to throw me off of the what tush hog comment you said tush hog I don't know what to even <laughs> label that as it's not big, a sims big butt I don't as a tackle <laughs> and and Pete asked me if I was googling it I'm afraid of what results tush hogger is going to return so I'm not even going to look to see whether it's accidentally a, a real word. I it's just a wanted football to make sure that world. everyone out there. It's a football word. Under, that's, a, that's a new one for me. There's some football words I know about after doing this for 20 years. Tush hog is not one of those, but maybe we can make it one. And, and I had to say something about it because if I don't, the email box will be full of yeah. how, well, messages. How did you let him say that and not well, chime in? So I had to chime well, in. let me explain. Well, like guys like Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis, right? Like, let, let's look at like their. their I understand. I know. They're big. They're yeah, big. They got, got large you. rear ends. They Just do. tush hog is not a way that I would think that well, you would. There are other words that yeah. would be more conventional yeah That's well yeah saying. i know you know i you know i wanted to say big and a swear word after it they got some big dudes in there that's what i wanted to say you know but yes they're special players on the inside and that allows them to be creative with some of that stuff too wilkins and raekwon davis are two of our the better defensive tackles in football already and then you match that with the scheme and some of those other guys mike that's where they're they're a handful on that side of the ball Pete Demolitis has mentioned to me a couple of times whether or not the quality of opponents should be factored into where the Dolphins currently are. My reaction to that is it doesn't matter because they're playing the Titans this weekend. We're going to find out. They're going to have to punch their ticket through a great team or two great teams. And they have gotten lucky. They've drawn some good cards with Joe Flacco. No doubt. And Mike Glennon and Ian Book. But they still keep winning. And they keep winning. And it's the NFL. And if you can go out there and you can piece seven in a row together, you know, you don't make the schedule, but you are facing NFL teams every week. Now, the COVID situation has, has been a factor. And I saw a couple of tweets from Peter King, and and I think he's accurate. I mean, I've gotten numb to it already because there isn't a damn thing we can do about yeah. it. But it really is undermining the integrity of the game. No How doubt. can we say it's not? Yeah. With that many guys who aren't available and no practical reality other than keeping your head down and playing the games, how does that not undermine the integrity of what we're seeing when the Saints have more than 20 guys who aren't available, when they're down to Ian Book, a guy they didn't want to put on the field at all this year under any circumstances? How does that not affect the integrity of the game? That's a great question. But what could they have done? What yeah. could they have done? Right. What could they have done? Cancel the game? Play it Tuesday, play it Wednesday. No. You can't play you play it Wednesday and you have this the, the Dolphins and the Saints turn around and play the following Sunday. That doesn't work either. There's no good solution. And and let's not forget this is a business. They can talk about integrity of the game all they want. They want to play their games. That was the decision made a week and a half ago when they revamped the protocols. We want to create a scenario where the games get played and the owners get paid and the players get paid and the games get played. That's what they wanted, and that's what they're getting. And, hey, if some of the games suck because of it, 
oh well, we still played the games. Well, yeah, you know, yes, and you know, again, I'm. I guess there's a part of me that I don't feel sorry for some of these teams. Again, we knew we knew the other opponent in the arena the whole year. We knew this this could come about. You know, and again, we've all taken it lightly, me myself included. I'm not trying to sit here and like be on a high horse, but the reality is, is yeah, vaccinations, all that, great, great, great. We still came into the season going, COVID's not, still not done yet. Like we we know it's still here. It's here to stay. You know, and there's going to be some issues. So. You know, I think everybody got relaxed as kind of the year went on. And, and now, you know, between the holidays and everything, yeah, we're seeing the repercussions of that. There's no doubt. And it's, it is. You're right. It is kind of affected the integrity of the sport. I just, uh, again, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed, you know, to like you said, you know, the, the teams that deserve to get in, get in. And it doesn't affect the playoffs to where we have some Super Bowl matchup where some team that doesn't deserve to be there is there because of COVID. That would not be cool. Uh, so it, 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 but there's, I think you're right, Mike. What can you do? This is, this is what it is right now. Just nine days ago, the Saints looked like a team that deserved to be in the NFC field after shutting out the Buccaneers. They almost got shut out last night because, in part, of yeah. their COVID absences. Here's Sean Payton, the coach of the team, talking about the play of rookie quarterback Ian Book and the depleted roster that had to go on Monday night. Look, in fairness to Ian, uh, it's impossible to evaluate his play. Just keeping him upright tonight was a challenge, and uh, I'm sure there's some plays that you know we'll look at and he'll look at the first interception um, you know, was a throw he'll want back, but uh, it's, it's a, a tough position for him to be in. We had two players today getting fitted for equipment in the, in the locker room, in the equipment room that had just arrived. I think we have a good idea of, of what this team's capable of doing. Um, you know, hopefully we can get some guys back here this week and, uh, and be ready to go for next week's game. And, you know, that's all you can really do at this yeah, point. And we yeah. have seen some teams overcome COVID-related absences. We have seen it happen. But they had I think they reached the critical mass. I mean, look at that. So, 0 for 12 on third down conversions. Minus two yards in the first quarter. The eight sacks we've talked about, the three total points. That is not Saints offense, but that is what happens when you have that many Saints players who aren't available to play, Chris. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 you know, there, there have been some, I, my, my theory on the current state of the pandemic for the NFL is very simple. I, I think that they are just letting it wash through the facilities right now because the overwhelming majority of the positives they claim are guys who are symptomatic. Well, two weeks ago, the overwhelming majority of positives were guys who didn't have symptoms. So if there are that many guys, and there were 96 positives yesterday, if there are that many guys who have symptoms and that's how we're finding out they're positive, that tells me that pretty much everybody else has it and they're asymptomatic. So maybe in a weird sort of way, they're going to have accelerated herd immunity and these teams maybe. are just going to be fine and not have to deal with it when we get to the playoffs. Now, for the teams that haven't gone through it yet, you know, there's an argument to be made. Let's go ahead and go through it now. Yeah, Let's let you. it wash through now right. so it doesn't wash through right before the divisional round game or the conference championship or, God forbid, the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. No, you're right. I, I mean, maybe that is what's happening. Uh, you know, be interesting to see. It will. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. I just I, I you know, I thought we were out of the spot where we wouldn't have like a day like yesterday where we'd go, what? It's the most what positive covid uh, results we've had in one day. Right. Since, since it started by far. 
And I just I wouldn't have thought, you know, here we are a few days from 2022, we would be having that. But yeah, again, this is back to where we are. And I, you know, again, I, teams are going to have to do their best to kind of control this thing. Certainly the Dolphins. Yeah. To this point. Right, Mike. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just trying to think they seem like they've been able to dodge the bullet with this conversation to a degree. Yeah. The Saints couldn't. And they were they played the wrong opponent too. you know, a team that was healthy, hot on fire. And, and I don't care, COVID or not, we know this, this Saints offense is not great. This is going to be a tough offensive night, you know, no matter who was out there. Uh, it's not the Drew Brees Saints offense, but yes, with some of the COVID issues, that just compounded more of the issues against the defense that, you know, again, I know has gotten lucky a little bit with some of the quarterbacks they played and all of that too. They can't write the schedule. But I also will tell you, hey, they gave Josh Allen a lot of issues before this win streak started, too. It's it's a real, real top-notch defense. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And hey, the Saints, with those players missing and, and the way they are on offense, it just was too much to overcome. Wh- which game did they give Josh Allen issues in? The 35 nothing game or the 26-11 game? The 26-11 game that was 3-3, three to three and they were in field goal position with no time left in the, that one. That's the one. That, right. And that, if you that, went back that, and watched the 35-10 game, or 38-0 game, it wasn't all that great either. It was the the Bills' defense messing up, uh, and that was the game Tua got hurt, where they caused a lot of issues. They had moments, but now they've put it together as a team you know, and I think that's where, yeah, they figured out exactly how they want to play it on defense and offense, and that's where, you know, they become a, a real juggernaut here in the AFC. We know they can beat the Patriots, and we know the Patriots historically, for whatever reason, struggle when they go to Miami. Yeah. So week 18 is hardly a sure thing for New England. No. The game on Sunday, one of the best games of the weekend. I say that without even having the schedule in front of me for week 17, although I know there are some other great games. Miami at Tennessee has the potential to be a very, very good game, an impactful game for both teams. And uh, if Miami wins that one, then they have to be taken seriously. And and they're becoming that team kind of like the Colts, where if you're one of the more established powers in the AFC, you're thinking, I really don't want them in this playoff field. You know, it just occurred to me, there's a chance that we will end up with all four teams from the old AFC East. Yeah, look at that. Well, no, four of the five. I forgot about the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four because yeah, there were yeah. there used to be five teams right, in the old right. AFC East: the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and Bills. May all get in. Uh, sorry, Jets. No, no, no soup for you this well, year or pretty yeah. much any year in recent history. It, it is kind of funny in the fact that you know before the year would would anybody have picked three AFC teams to make the play AFC East teams to make the playoffs I don't know probably not I'm sure teams that people had Buffalo and Miami in fact I think I, I had Miami on the outside looking in but yeah I mean three teams in the AFC East I don't know if a lot of people would have called that at this point well and the Colts weren't a team that many expected no. to be no. as good as they've become this year so some real surprises in the NFL season and a surprise for me Tushog. It is a word, although it isn't quite the word that you thought it was. Right. We have the definition. What is it? And I found the definition. While I'm waiting for the photo to come up, they've promised it to me in the document. Here, a tushog in the South is an old guy who always finishes fights. A tushog bar is a bar with these guys in it, and no one starts trouble in there with these guys. Yeah. Size or physical appearance has nothing to do with these guys. They are just insane fighters. The name itself comes from the fact that old boars have very long tusks, 
tush that they can cut anything up with. The other definition in the Urban Dictionary is totally wrong. I would probably be laughed at in the South. I can only imagine what the Urban Dictionary definition is. But you call someone a tush hog, it's a sign of respect and never an insult. So it just sounds like some wiry old crazy guy that will fight anyone and gets in your face so fast that he's got you messed up before you even know what's hit you. It's, it's, Which kind of sounds like, maybe they should just call it the Tush Hog defense, because that's kind of what it is. Yeah, seriously. Hey, I, I it, it still fits, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's the modern-day Tush Hog. You don't want to mess with these guys, but they they got some real Tushes on them, too. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of fighting and bar scrapping there in the middle of that defense for them. But that's I had no idea that's what that meaning was. I've never ever heard of it used that way or anything to do with a bar, bar what are they bar fighters they're basically the police for bars yes. i like that yes uh i'm trying to find the other definition that they're referring to just for amusement purposes and i haven't found it yet which is good <laughs> because then i would have a temptation to share it with you and potentially get in trouble when it's christmas week we don't want to get into trouble this week or any week let's take a break when we return trouble for the 49ers but good news for that group of their fans who would like to get a glimpse of what life will be like without Jimmy Garoppolo. They may be getting it very soon and possibly for a few weeks. We'll discuss that next on this Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. All right, we got some big man touchdowns. How about this one? Connor McDermott. With Man, the touchdown good play, and good escape. Another look at it. Great drop by Zach Wilson. Rolls to the right, finds Connor McDermott. Nice. And it wasn't like he was wide open like the usual big man is when they draw up the play. There was actually a guy there in position to make the play, but stay out of the way of the big man. Stay out this of the way of this big open. man, Lane Johnson. Now that's the wide ass open big man touchdown we've come to know and love. The block, the peel, and no one out there. Well designed play. Johnson gets his touchdown. That was an awesome moment there. And then the Dallas Cowboys get in on the act. Look Karen Steele in that blowout 
victory over the Washington football team, the big spike, the spike that kind of goes up in the air. I love it when the big guy spikes it and it just kind of dribbles away. Uh, and he's, he's happy. And he oh, he's very goes happy. over and tries to lift Mike McCarthy Seriously. up off the ground, but realizes <laughs> that that's not the easiest task in the world. <laughs> big man touchdown. All right, big problem for the San Francisco 49ers coming off of that Thursday night game when Jimmy Garoppolo threw a couple of ugly interceptions and Kyle Shanahan kind of defended him, kind of didn't. You know, it's it's a shame. Week 16, the three best games were played on Thursday and Saturday, and the rest of the games weren't very good. But the Thursday night game between the 49ers and the Titans was a great game, and it may be the last time we see Jimmy Garoppolo for a bit. Jimmy Garoppolo has a chipped bone and a torn ligament in his thumb, according to Shefty, and also NFL media has chimed in on that as well. So uh, there, there, there's an issue. And in in the second quarter of that loss to the right. Titans on I Thursday, there's a video of him holding his finger as he walked back to the sideline. Let's check it out. There's Jimmy Garoppolo with the old throwbacks, the white on white. I like that. Gets thrown down. I was surprised that wasn't a roughing. The, we're so used to seeing roughing the passer for anything that's mildly aggressive. I'm surprised it wasn't. And there he is checking out the thumb. To his credit, he kept going, but uh, he had a couple of, of interceptions. Uh, now, one came before that. Yeah, that's right. Another one came after that. And uh, it, it's Trey Lance time if Jimmy Garoppolo can't play. And there have been plenty of 49ers fans wishing and hoping and praying that they could see what Trey Lance has. And I think the fact we haven't seen him extensively so far this year may be an indictment on the decision to take him instead of the other quarterbacks they could have had after they moved up to number three. We'll find out. We'll find out if he's ready. Kyle Shanahan was saying yesterday how he's he's looked great. He's had the the, the consistency in practice. He's been around and Lance is ready to go. And, and we'll find out. Uh, they, they've, they've got... Uh, to, to keep it going. It helped them last night that the Saints lost, but they still have to keep winning if they want to get into the playoffs. Yeah, no, that's right. They did get a little gift last night, certainly with the Dolphins winning and, and helping them out there to where, you, you know, you'd think they'd have to really screw it up here not to make the playoffs. I'd be interested, like, with the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Yeah. I mean, a chip bone, you know, you can maybe play with torn ligament. Mm, I don't know. And the thumb, that's got to be tough. I mean, again, the thumb is is a pretty important finger there as far as gripping the football and controlling the football. Uh, again, maybe if it's the right ligament, maybe you still can apply pressure and throw the ball effectively enough. Like you said, I mean, you know, again, I know he threw an interception after the torn ligament and, and thumb injury, you know, there in the third quarter that set up the easy touchdown for the Titans, but made some other good throws too. So I, I think today it'll probably be the day or tomorrow where we get a gauge of like, wait, if he threw it practice, all right, then I'm hopeful that there could be he could play on Sunday. You know, that was the first interception we saw. Thumb was fine. You know, here's yeah, here's a missed to use check. But again, at that point there, he's healthy. So you, know, you can't really tell. Now that's a wobbler down the middle, and that is after the injury. And that was a bad decision and throw and everything. But yeah, I think, Mike, I think today and tomorrow would be the day where I look to go, wait, did he? Did we get a report that he was out there at least throwing in pre-practice and doing some stuff? If we don't get anything, I'm going to be thinking we are going to see Trey Lance for sure this weekend. Got the Houston Texans coming to town on Sunday and then a trip to L.A. to take on the Rams, a team that Kyle Shanahan has owned over the years. So winning the next two games is a real possibility, but the automatic check of the box – for the Texans, 
we, yeah. we found out. Yeah. You know, they're the team that couldn't tank straight. They, they have plenty of reasons to be Thanks losing these nothing. leads. Like, because I don't know how I, I, I understand the argument. You're developing Davis Mills. You're developing other young players. I don't know how much carryover there really is because teams are so dramatically different from one year to the next, and I suspect there's going to be a lot of changes. So whatever progress is made in late December and early January this year, I don't know how much of it is going to lay the foundation for next year for the Houston Texans. We've discussed in the past how beneficial it is to have a high spot, not just in round one, but two, three, four, five, six, seven, it carries into the rest of the rounds of the draft. So they, they have won some games here down the stretch that we didn't expect them to win. And now they, they could give the 49ers everything they could handle. And especially if it's Trey Lance, and especially if he struggles, maybe the 49ers find themselves in a fight. But either way, they are very much alive in San Francisco, and they yep. are very much a team that the other franchises in the playoffs that's right don't want in you no. don't want the 49ers no. they are the Colts of the NFC no they're the team that the established powers are not going to want to see no 100 percent. that's I know we were talking about that last week a few times that would be the team still again I know again we we saw yeah they they lost the game the other night against the Tennessee Titans you know I, I think we could sit there in some ways and go and they kind of blew the game against the Tennessee Titans you know I, I don't think it's like crazy to go in a lot of ways, they kind of outplayed them and just messed it up. And you know? but it shows you just how dangerous they are. You see the you see the potential for their capabilities, like we saw early on in the football game, where they can go down the up and down the field and dominate and be on the doorstep of going up seventeen to nothing. But we also saw the issue with the 49ers. I mean, the, the one thing is is when the run game doesn't you know, continue to dominate. And if Shanahan doesn't have, you know, a ton of tricks up his sleeves on a given week, Jimmy Garoppolo having to carry the team is, it's 50, 50, you know, like, like we saw a few weeks ago in Seattle, Seahawks had a good plan to slow down the run game of the 49ers. There was no Debo Samuel that day. Oh, we got to rely on Jimmy. Yeah. There were some good throws, but there was two or three throws that are just dumb as hell. There's no other way to say it. And that's why they lose the game. And they lost the game last week because of Jimmy G period. I mean, you know, he, I'm, I'm mad at him. Ruined my damn friend's Christmas weekend. Guy could have had a nice weekend, enjoyed Christmas Eve and Christmas with the family. Instead, they lost the damn game and my friend probably was pulling his hair out all weekend. So yeah, I, I we'll see. But like, you know, back to Trey Lance too, Mike, I'm sorry. I was rambling there. It's just like, it is going to be interesting. So the solution to that is to keep rambling. Well, I was just going to say, because I wanted to get back on point. I just was kind of ranting. Right. But like the, the I'm just tra- giving you a hard time. I know you are. You're, you're a natural jerk. We know that. But like Trey Lance thing, is, it, it is interesting, Mike. You brought it up. You know, yeah, you traded three picks for a guy. He hasn't played. He played a little bit. It was almost like, whoa, that was crazy and raw. Let's stash him away and let not anybody see him again for a while. So let's see what kind of improvements he has made if he does get a chance to play, certainly, and see what Shanahan can do around him. Uh, that could be fun to watch if he does get that opportunity this weekend. Lost in the fact that Debo Samuel was so awesome on Thursday night. He yeah. had 32 yards rushing on five carries, 159 receiving yards on nine catches. They didn't get the ball to the other no. guy who makes the offense go in George Kittle. He was targeted three times on the night, two catches for 21 yards. So the Titans were able to neutralize yep. him, not Samuel. You take one of those guys away, and right. maybe that, maybe that's, maybe that's the formula. You, you, you have to deal with one of them. You take one of them away, and let the other guy do his thing, and, and maybe you can count yeah. on 
some sort of mistake at some point in the game from Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And, and I, I look, Kyle worked very hard at his post-game press conference to not blame Jimmy Garoppolo. He and did, it really right? is kind of a strange dynamic yeah. there. And I feel like he needs an intervention. I, with it, I feel like, I, let, let me try to play amateur psychologist here. I feel like he's got some sort of a deep-seated fear that if he gives up on Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to go somewhere else and become better than he's ever been in his career. And that's just going to make this quarterback misadventure that they've been on for the past five years even worse because they said no thanks to Patrick Mahomes. They said no thanks to Tom Brady. They stuck with Jimmy G. They gave up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to get Trey Lance. I just feel like he doesn't want to let go of Jimmy Garoppolo because of that possibility that Garoppolo goes elsewhere. And I don't know where elsewhere would be at this point because the Patriots have Mac Jones. Yeah. But just this fear he lands up somewhere else. Let's say Josh McDaniels becomes a head coach somewhere and McDaniels ends up with Garoppolo and Garoppolo ends up being better than he's ever been in his life. Then you look worse for giving up on the guy prematurely. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it because the outside objective observer looks at it and says, you can do better, and this guy's holding back what could be a very special team. And I don't think that's a hot take. I think a lot of people would agree with it. 49ers fans get upset because they're they're living in the middle of it, and they're stuck with yeah, it. Right. But on the outside, you look at it and say, there, there's a weak link here that is holding back this 49ers chain. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, 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 it's always Shanahan having to manufacture brilliant ways to kind of make him look good. I, I, I don't disagree with you there at all. You know, yes, can he run some, you know, some run an offense and, and do some things where you go, oh, okay, that's good, yes. I mean, he's played, you know, he's he's seen the field and been on the field a lot to understand what defenses are doing. But, yeah, there's a, there's a limit to what you can expect from him. And, it, 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 and that's where, you know, you look at, like, you know, the top 10, top 15-ish quarterbacks where you go, okay, wait, the run game's not working today. No big deal. Okay, our quarterback's still pretty damn good. We can rely on him to make throws and, and carry us through the day here. You know, it, it's few and far between when it comes to Garoppolo that way. You can kind of trust that, hey, he'll make some plays and do some things. I just hope he doesn't really do one of those Jimmy G bonehead dumb stuffs. You know, that's what I hope. And that's kind of the way they've been living. And, you know, we've seen it to where every now and then when that dumb stuff comes up, you always bring it up. You go back to that Vikings playoff game. It's like, oh, crap. It's he's throwing the ball down the middle into mosh pit of people. Let's start handing it off. And having to deal with that is not easy. Certainly not. You know, Mike, I don't I don't know if it's the fear of that or like what you're talking about, the fear of him going somewhere else, being successful. Or I, sometimes I get the sense of like, you know, Lance isn't totally 100% ready. He is raw still. He doesn't want to throw him out there and have him not look good. And then people go, what the hell did you do trading three first-rounders for it? But I also get the sense that, like, you know, there's 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 a real backing and liking of Jimmy G in the locker room that I think probably scares Shanahan to a degree. I don't know that. I got no inside info on that. But that's just reading between the lines how I feel a little bit. Well, we know George Kittle's been a very loud right and – an obvious proponent of Jimmy Garoppolo. That may be part of it. Part of it also may be, we know that Kyle Shanahan wants quarterbacks who run the offense exactly the way he wants it to be run. You could argue Jimmy G does that. It's just sometimes he makes some bad throws. That's right. That's right. He he makes the right reads. He does everything he's supposed to do up until the point 
where the time comes to consistently deliver the ball accurately. That's where the flaw kicks in, and I think Kyle thinks through time that that will eventually iron itself out. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why this relationship continues nearly a year past the point where we assumed it was going to end when they made that big move from number 12 to number three in the draft to get their next quarterback, who, again, we may see on the field extensively this week if if Kyle Shanahan isn't able to get Jimmy Garoppolo ready to go. By the way, you talked about how Kyle wanted to tear his hair out over Christmas weekend. The misadventures of John Lynch at Christmas Eve Mass probably didn't help. This was like this bizarre little... You know, you're hanging out with your family on Christmas Eve, and yeah, I, 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 you know, I was checking my phone more than I should. Apparently, John Lynch was too, because he was at church. He accidentally and unknowingly liked a tweet. This is the tweet that came out of nowhere. There was no context. There was no backstory. Just apparently, while at Christmas Eve mass with my family, I accidentally and unknowingly liked a tweet. Never intended to and remain a huge believer in Jimmy. Merry Christmas to everyone. Oh, Merry Christmas indeed. So the, the, the tweet that he liked, it was a guy looking through the window of a plane from the outside looking in, and the comment was something along the lines of, just leave Jimmy in Nashville. That's the tweet. Not the one Lynch. you want to like. Yeah. Right. accidentally and inadvertently liked while in Christmas Eve mass. It is definitely not a Christmas Eve miracle. I don't know why your phone is in any position where you can be accidentally liking tweets in mass. So the whole thing was a little bit bizarre. He was Very. lucky it kind of happened on a quiet Friday night and they didn't play this weekend because they had played Thursday night. So it blew over. But that was just kind of a weird little twist to everything that's been going on with the 49ers and Jimmy G. And again, through it all, they're capable of being extremely dangerous. They looked like a potential Super Bowl team. And when they were bullying the Titans around in the yeah, first half, right. I thought, man, you know, boy, I got this one wrong. The, the, the 49ers oh, yeah. you are were ready to make their text, move. Uh, four-letter words, Titans, four-letter words, Titans, four-letter words, Titans. <laughs> and then there you were. I'm sitting yes. there at the end of the game going, oh, my gosh, look at this crap. They're going to win the damn football game, and Florio's going to get the victory. Damn you, Florio. Damn you. I, I tweeted at one point during the game in my frustration because I picked the Titans to win, and they looked so bad. I tweeted, are the Titans frauds? Discuss. <laughs> so, of course, when they won the game, right. I get all the indignant Titans fans and members of the media. It's amazing to me how members of the media group that cover a given team, and I'm not picking on the Titans here, it's a dynamic throughout the league. Like people who are supposed to be somewhat objective act like they're fans, act like they've got a, like they work for the team now, and they get indignant and they get upset when you criticize the team they cover. It's like you don't work for the team, you've just been assigned to cover that team by your paper. You're still supposed to be a little objective. So back off a little bit, okay, please. But it was uh, it was uh, aggressive. Thankfully, it was Christmas, and that died down pretty fast. But I wanted the Titans to win. I was upset. I was as upset as a Titans oh, fan would be. Yeah. They were getting outclassed. They, 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 I, I was stunned that they came back and tied that game, and even more stunned that they won it. Yeah, well, you know, again, you know, I think that's where it goes back to the Jimmy G thing. And again, that's where they, they need Kittle and Debo Samuel to be both hitting on all cylinders and Shanahan's got to find ways to to get them the ball even more and be healthy at the running back position because it's just it's iffy with Jimmy G period you just don't know you know again there they are like you said they're on the doorstep of blowing the game out here well we're gonna go up 17 nothing and you throw an interception to clearly a covered George Kittle and then, of course, the interception of the third quarter that jump-started the Titans' offense, they were huge mistakes. They definitely were. I mean, Mike, Mike, I was sitting there, you know, I, for, like, points bet, right? I'm, 
I'm going, oh, man, you know, I'm picking the 49ers to win, and I thought it was going to be a Kittle night. And the night started, and Debo Samuel could have went on fire, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, it's going to be a Debo night. The Titans have taken away Kittle. They're not going to be able to take away Debo, and this is going to be an issue. And, of course, it wasn't good for me all around, let alone losing the damn game to you that way. But that is the big question mark with them. There's no team in the NFC with the 49ers where they're going to get on the field and they're going to be like, we're going to look at it or talk about it in a matchup and go, well, we're really worried that they physically won't be able to match up. They're going to be able to physically up front match up with anybody. We know Shanahan and the XOs are going to match up with anybody. It's just, is there going to be that team that, yes, like you said, takes away a kittle or slows down the run game to where now, hey, Jimmy, these last three quarters, you're going to have to play good football and you can't turn it over and cost us the game. That That's still, we've been talking about this for three years straight. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's still the same conversation around Garoppolo. And look, all that said, they're in the sixth seed right now. Yep. And if they take care of business the next couple of weeks, they will be fine. And we see what they do to the Rams. We don't know what the Rams are going to be playing for in week 18. Yeah, you know, that's, that, right that's the other weird wrinkle to all this. We don't know how many teams are going to have their position set in stone when the dust settles on week 17 to the extent that they can treat week 18 as a de facto buy. But maybe the 49ers get lucky that way as well. First order of business, though, take care of the Texans. Presumably they can, but we presume the Chargers could as well. So who knows what these Texans are capable of doing. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we will be just about at the point where the window opens on this first ever head start on interviewing assistant coaches from other teams while there's time left in the regular season but you have to have a coaching vacancy there are two i'm surprised there aren't more but there could be we'll be discussing that when pft live continues right after this Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.